We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IB Nation, welcome back to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I feel like I haven't talked to you in a while when really only it's been about 25 minutes. We're back. We got an addition with us there. You guys know that guy down there. That is Sean Davis, host, co-host of the Lucky Lefty Podcast, which you can find at CFB Nation. Fellas, we're here to talk about uh, the Notre Dame loss to USC. Obviously, the season did not end the way that uh, Notre Dame wanted it to, did not end the way that we wanted it to. There's a lot that we'll discuss. We kind of had the emotional kind of feel of the game as we walked through, as we watched it on the live chat. I thought that went relatively well, by the way. It's fun. We would love to have you with us, Sean, but we understood. Had to be with your family to watch the game. I, I get it. But we have you now, and we're going to talk about the game. We're going to kind of analyze just big picture of the game. We'll talk offense. We'll talk defense. But, Sean, just kind of big picture before we get into the specifics of the offense and defense, just give us your, your – I mean, because they heard from us for the last four hours. Just kind of give us your – just your immediate reaction of just the game big picture before we dive into the specifics. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Oh, the game was really simple. 
Like, you went up a guy that's really good, and he did his thing. If, I mean, it's just that simple. It's a, it's a night where you tip your cap. We watched in 2012, we had the guy go into the Coliseum, and he put forth a Heisman moment. That's what Manti did. Okay. Defensively. That's what he did. Caleb Williams, here's the opportunity. I think Notre Dame put him in position to have to be Superman tonight. And that's exactly what he did. When he when someone challenges you, challenges you to do something and you do it, you know what you do as the other team? You tip your cap, you shake hands, and say, We'll see you in South Bend next year. And that's all you can do. I told you, I feel pretty good. I don't feel good about the loss. It was good to see Lorenzo Styles. He's gone through a lot mentally. Mm-hmm. It's good to see him playing with confidence. He even I was even happy to see him play with speed on the kickoff return to like get the edge and turn the corner. Yeah. Like that's the that's the Zoe I know. That that's Zoe. And if we can move forward with that and build on that, Deion Cozy getting healthy, making big plays. He's been a third down guy for Drew over the last three weeks. That's who he's looking for. He makes a touchdown. You love Deion Cozy. Michael Mayer, man, unfortunately, he'll be playing on Sundays. I would love to have him back one more year, but it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Our running backs still good. One of the things I thought is that because of the way USC was deploying everybody, and they really deployed everyone, 10 yards to the line of scrimmage, especially their safeties, but then they were in the box. And I think Aldrick Estimate did a fantastic job of bouncing it to the outside a couple of times. I would have loved to see a little bit more outside run action, outside zone, some of that, because I thought USC really with their movement and their linebackers being aggressive, really they purposely tried to take away the duo action. They, they forced Notre Dame to go to something else, just like we forced USC to go to something else. I thought it was a really good game. And if we don't turn the ball over, it goes down to the last possession. That, it's simple as that. That's the difference in the game. The two turnovers, in my opinion. The two turnovers are the difference in the game. So other than that, we can nitpick. I'm sure we're going to break down things offensively, defensively. I love the way this team played. Love the way they played. They played hard, man. They played hard. They didn't give up. They kept coming back. I think the drive – the drive immediately after halftime, I was ecstatic. Because, like, the way they were answering, it was almost you saw the attitude that they were coming out with, and I'm yeah. like, okay, this is going to be a game. And then, unfortunately, you have a fumble. You know, and that gives – if USC gets any cushion, that's how they want to play. They want to play from out in front. So they played a very comfortable game in the second half. So, look. Like I said, a difference in the game for me, two turnovers, unfortunately. You don't like saying that because the two turnovers are attributed to the quarterback, and the quarterback had a pretty good day today. He played a pretty good game. So, But you can't make those mistakes when you're going up against a guy, the caliber of Caleb Williams. You can't. And Caleb Williams early gave Notre Dame a couple of opportunities. I thought Xavier Watts should have picked that ball off. I mean, it was like <laughs> – it was just right there. It, for him. it looked to me like he got he got hit and the ball died. Yeah, is what it looked like to me. Yeah, yeah. but you had your like you said though you had the ball punched out. You couldn't fall ball on it. Out, could have fallen on that. Yeah, they 
they had some chances, man. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, man, I, I feel good. You know why I feel good, guys? Because I know who this team was. You know, I know who this team is, yeah. right? And, of course, we look across the field and we say, man, like you said, Ryan, can we get one of those? <laughs> one of yeah. those guys? Can we get one of those guys? It doesn't have to be the it doesn't have to be the same size, the same makeup, the same way. Because that guy doesn't exist in college football outside of Caleb Williams. <laughs> so, you know, it's just you just want someone that's able to just take over games at yeah. times, especially in big time games. And I stopped short because I don't think anything about Drew's play tonight was a deficit. Sean, outside of, outside of, I'm going to say, let's just dive into the offense now, because I think there's going to be a lot of conversation. Drew Pine had the best game of his career by far outside of two plays. Yep. Now look, when you play a team like this on the road against a quarterback, like quarterback like Caleb Williams, you can't make those mistakes because no. I actually don't think Caleb Williams played his best game of the season by far. He just made clutch plays when you needed them. You know, fourth and two touchdown run, fourth and you know third and four scrambles. You know, not getting sacked and turning those into positive plays. Right? If you look at the numbers, he didn't have like a monster game tonight. Drew out. Drew Drew Pine played his butt off and gave them a chance to win outside of two plays, and that's like you said, Sean. That's the difference. Yeah, those two interceptions in an eleven-point game. Those two interceptions, as bad as things went in the first half, you know, you have a chance to come out there in the third quarter and make it a seventeen-fourteen game, and you're moving down the field, you're running, you're throwing. Drew's making throw. I mean, he made some of the best throws of his career tonight. And you hope that this is kind of the spark to get him to the next to the next thing. But at the same time, you just can't make those mistakes. And and here's the thing that hurt about him hurt the not hurt me, but hurt the team is they were unforced mistakes. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. Like, like the yeah. almost interception that Caleb Williams had, that's because they got great pressure and they hit him as he was getting ready to throw it. Right. The fumble that they almost recovered. That was because, you know, Foskey hustling down the field, knocking the ball out, right? Like, yeah. those were forced mistakes. The thing that killed the Notre Dame offense is they were unforced errors, and you cannot have that. You, you cannot. And, and, and unfortunately, in a game like this, when you're, play, when you're playing a really good team, at least a, a, a solid team with a phenomenal quarterback is, yeah, that's you can't bad. have those mistakes. You can't have those mistakes. They'll kill you, especially when you're on the road. Yeah. And – um you know, that, that's the kind of thing that, that, that'll get you beat and got him beat tonight. So, but I mean, at the same time, if Drew doesn't, I'll, I'll tell you what I said to everybody else. If I'd have told you before the game that Drew Pine is going to go 23 of 26 for 318 yards and three touchdowns, you ought to thought Notre Dame would have killed USC in this game. Striking up the band. But it just, it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough because of the turnovers. I mean, there's a lot of peripherals about this game, guys. Notre Dame goes five of seven on third down, right? They had 408 yards of offense, which isn't great, you know. But right at USC's average and what they give up, though. You go go one of one in the red zone for a touchdown. Your defense has eight tackles for loss, two sacks, and you hold Caleb Williams to 267 yards of total offense. If I'd have told you all of that before the game, we'd have thought Notre Dame would have rolled USC. 
Agreed. Rolled them. But the biggest problem in this game was twofold. One, the two turnovers, which we talked about. Number two is they just could not they could not establish the run game early and their mm-hmm. unwillingness to or not unwillingness. I would say I thought Tommy Reese called a heck of a Tommy Reese and Drew Pine had a similar night for me. Tommy Reese called a heck of a game tonight, except for two plays. The jet sweep on third and two on the first drive and the fourth and one quarterback sneak to 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 uh to Mitchell Evans. Like mm-hmm. other than that, I thought he called a good game. But see again, that's the difference between li- winning and losing games like this, Ryan. You, you know what I mean? Like that's the difference between winning lo- two calls here, two turnovers here, mm-hmm. and it's an L. Well, we, we talked about – I mean, Vince, we were talking about it earlier during the show, right? It's like that fumble is a 14-point swing. Like you're in the – you're about to be in the red zone. You're just – you are just moving at a great rate. You are just methodically moving down the field. You fumble, and then they go right down the field. I mean, Brian, that whole drive after the fumble, they didn't even have a second down play, right? Wasn't it all like just first down, first down, first yeah, down? Yeah, they got first first down. First I mean, goal. Yeah, it became. They got it, a second it was, and a yeah, they yeah. Good it point. into a second yeah. down until they got to the five yard line. Yep. yep. It was, and that was deflating. And you look at it and you're like, okay. And I mean, Vince said this before the show, right? It's like you add seven to Notre Dame's total, you take seven away from USC, and then you count the interception at the end. Like, that's the difference of the football game. It is. 17 I mean, 14 compared to 24 7, Ryan. That's what the point Vince was making, a 14 and, point swing. Yeah. And, and the biggest thing for me is when you're playing against an offense that is as good as USC's, you can't limit possessions for your own offense, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what you did in this game was that you had two crucial turnovers that limited possessions and ended possessions. So that's where it, that's what it come down to for me. You know what, guys? I'm going to call a little bit of an audible here. Let's just kind of talk it out. Instead of going offense and defense and trying to control it, let's just talk it out because it's already 1139. Like, I don't, you know, we've been talking a lot today. And I think (laughs) that's the the, the point, Ryan, because I think a lot of this plays together. What Notre Dame did not do today is play great team football. And Mm. and that's the thing is like, I didn't like the defensive game plan. It wasn't terrible in the first half, but it wasn't helpful either. You know, and and I understand you're missing two big guys, and that's important, right? But like, I didn't like the three three stuff because here's here's the thing that that I didn't like. You know what UC at USC did tonight on defense? They pretty much did what they always do. They just were a little bit more committed with their safeties against the run. And you know what USC did on offense tonight? I thought that USC did a nice job of kind of being who they are, doing things to slow Notre Dame down. What I didn't like tonight was I felt like Tommy Reese played to his strengths of who they are, but then for what we've been begging him to do for a lot of the year, then use some other things to complement that getting mayor involved. Dion defensively, the biggest problem I had and and Vince, I'd very be very curious to hear your thoughts on this because we didn't really chat about in the game. What bothered me, I feel like defensively they went away from what got him here. Yes. And what got you here was your D line and, and, being aggressive and they played like they were afraid of Caleb Williams Bingo. schematically. That's exactly in this game. You took the words out of my mouth. I know you were going to throw it to me, but I completely agree with you. They the defensive game plan was, oh man, we can't let Caleb Williams hurt us. We're, we're we can't let Caleb Williams hurt us. Like that is the overall game plan defensively. And they're like, we got to rush three, we got to drop eight. We'll bring a little pressure here and there. But it was like the same pressure over and over again, and it wasn't good pressure 
Like it just, it, it didn't work. You, they would have been so much better off just playing their, their base defense has been nickel pretty much the entire season. Now I realize they were down two defensive backs, two of their best, two of their best three, I would say. Right. And that hurts you. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, that, that hurts you, but you still, you still have to do what you do. And they went away from that. And it's so disappointing. Go ahead. No, no, Vince, because you're, you're, here's the thing, Sean. If you're down to your best DBs, your answer should not be take one of your best players off the field on the defensive line. Right. That's no, good been point. Your strength. Yes. So you're missing two D- DBs, right? Yeah. Two of your best DBs, right? Two yeah. of your three. Look, the, the strength of the defense this year, in my opinion, post North Carolina has been the corners. Like that's been the, and with, it's like 1A, 1B, right? I would say 1A your corners, 1B, your D-line, and we could argue nitpick who should be A or B, right? Well, when your 1A was hindered, the answer should not have been, well, let's go with a 3-3 and put a third linebacker, which has been your weakness this year on the field, and take off one of your D-linemen. Right. Like, yeah. And here's the thing, so people know, Cam Hart didn't try to go this week and just couldn't couldn't go. They knew he was out all week. Right. So this is what you went with the whole week. Right. And, you know, you say, well, the defense is what got Notre Dame here. Agree. The problem is Al Golden didn't go with what got the defense to get them here. Exactly. Sean. And that's, that was the biggest frustration for me. Now, look, there's some things we'll talk about that guys can play well. But for me, Sean, that was the thing that really kind of ticked me off as I, as I leave this game, like thinking like, you know, it's not showing faith in your dudes. And at first, at first look, you know, when they come out in that first series defensively, you see Maris on the edge and you say to yourself, okay, all right, you know, bring Maris off the edge a little bit tonight. And then all of a sudden he shifts back to the middle. And I'm like, what the heck is this? Mm-hmm. We playing 3-3-5 now? Right. Like, so you, were you thinking they were going to go 4-2-5 with Maris bases like the Vipers? Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm like, okay, cool. Sure. When I see Maris on the edge, I'm like, cool. I like this. And then immediately I see this three-man front, and I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Like, we didn't see, and maybe because schematically you lose two of your three best defensive backs pretty much within a week. That's tough. But you don't give you guys a chance if you don't do what you do. Yeah. Right? So – I think it was tough putting Jaden Mickey in positions like playing 10 yards off the ball and third and two, third and three situations. Like, look, play. Let him play. Yeah. Let him yeah. play. It's just, it's unfortunate. I thought early on, on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively, yeah. I thought the coordinators tried to get cute. Say that say that first part again, Sean, about No, I, I said thought... early on. Yeah. I thought both coordinators tried to get too cute. Yeah. Instead of like this is what we do. Even if it doesn't work early, we're going to get to you. That's the whole purpose of having an offensive line. Okay. You have some early success with movement, bringing safeties up, fine. Eventually, we're gonna get you. Just we're going to keep hammering at it. 
defensively. You know what? Schematically, they made the choice. And I have to give tip my cap to Lincoln Riley. I think Lincoln Riley put his ego to the side and said, you know what? Let's run the ball. 100%. Let's run the ball. I don't even know that that was the game plan, to be honest with you. I think think that he adjusted, you know, tonight and was like – this is working. Let's just yeah. keep doing this. And you know, I, I don't think you that know was why, Vince? You know why, Vince? From the middle of the first quarter to halftime, they were getting after Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. they He was running left, right, around the circles. See, guys, this is why I think RPOs are so effective. Because if you go watch USC, their first drive of the game, they ran the ball first and second down. Then got into third and two and ran the bootleg where Maris Lufau just turns the guy loose and it's 31 yard gain, right? Uh, an execution mistake by a veteran. You know what I mean? But you ran the ball seven yards in the first play of the game. I thought that set the tone, but I have to go back and look. But if I remember correctly, that was an RPO. And that's why I think RPOs can be so effective because you're in situations where if they play a certain way to take away something, then you hand the ball off. If they try to load the run, then you pull and throw, right? And so I think that's why I like what they do because if Notre Dame does try to overplay the run or overplay the pass, then he can just hand the ball off. And I felt like hats off to Lincoln Riley, but you know what else? Hats off to Caleb Williams because there were several times tonight where they had RPOs where he could have pulled and tried to do something and he just let off because they made Austin Jones look like a dude tonight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I thought I thought the – the gap integrity up in the A-gaps was brutally bad tonight from what I could tell. And I don't know if it was the linebackers or the D-line. It looked to me like the linebackers. There, Ryan, there were several times in the game where they're stunting both linebackers to the same side of the field. I'm like, that can't that can't be. And it was yeah. to the boundary. It's like, that can't mm-hmm. be right. That can't be right. Like, it, it made no sense. You know, you know what RPOs praise on Brian is praise on players not trusting the other players around them defensively. And I yeah. felt like just all the way around, that was the issue on defense tonight, in my opinion. It was. I, I feel like there was some lack of trust from a coaching perspective as well. Because you mentioned, Sean, you mentioned Jane Mickey played him 10 yards off. Has that ever been Jane Mickey's problem? That's never been Jane Mickey's problem. Jane no. Mickey's problem is that he's too aggressive. Right, and then right. all of a sudden, he's playing back so far. Right. I don't think that's an internal thing. I think that that's a coaching thing saying, hey, Jaden, chill out, buddy. Back up a couple steps, right? Yeah. So I think that there is a lack of trust in what players do. I think you saw that from the coaching side of things. But then defensively, I mean, you said it, Brian, multiple times you had linebackers in the same gap, right? You had them in the same gap. That's miscommunication for one. But two, that's also a linebacker probably scraping a little bit too hard because he doesn't trust the other linebacker to be in the other gap around him. And then you mentioned Maris Loifel turning the tight end loose. Why? How many times early on in this football game especially – did we say a second-level defender stop his assignment and then come and attack Caleb Williams and leave someone wide open behind him? That's a lack of trust. You didn't trust the defensive line to maintain your rush lane, so you didn't trust the defensive line to, to maintain and to keep contained for Caleb Williams, and then you left somebody else out to dry. So I think there was just a complete lack of communication and a complete lack of trust between everybody defensively. Like, I thought that was just a – across the board, I thought that was the main issue defensively, in my opinion. Yeah. Sean, you well, have a follow-up to that? Yeah, Ryan, I couldn't agree with you more. 
I couldn't agree with you more. And I think what we're going to see, hopefully, is this team in bowl preparation go through another level of competition. And I would I wouldn't mind seeing some some lineup changes in the bowl game. But I wouldn't, you know. But I'll say this. We can talk about quarterback. It would be nice to see a big dude in the middle of that defensive line at some point. That's I'm asking for a quarterback on the other side. I need a big monster on that D-line. Because obviously, you know, the, the linebackers you have until the younger ones are ready to go, they need to be protected. Like, <laughs> they basically came in with the game plan we're going to stop Caleb Williams in this passing game. And we're going to sacrifice the run game. Yeah. Right? Lincoln Riley makes the adjustment, but they never adjusted to Lincoln Riley. Right. Right? Now, missing two of your three DBs, you're probably a little hesitant to be aggressive with your safeties in the box. If Bracey and Cam Hart are there, Ramon Henderson is probably around the line of scrimmage. Yeah. More involved. Sure. They're probably doing a lot of different things. Now they can play both. And it's a different game. But at that point, I'm going down swinging. I the think that we, was the, the game, Sean. Yeah. I think that I think it was the game. And I'll ask this. Can you guys and I'm not asking this, it's not a setup. I'm genuinely asking you guys this question. Can you guys think of a game this year where the defense didn't start well, made some sort of adjustments, and then played well? Or was it always a, the game plan started off well, Notre Dame kind of rolled early, and then held on late when the other team adjusted? I, I really can't think of a game this year where I felt like the defense didn't get off to a good start and then settle down and shut the team down late. I, I really can't think of one. As I no. think about the season that seemed like OSU, great first half. Marshall, they never they never adjusted and made corrections against Marshall. Uh, Cal, I thought the second half was more about the D-line just took over as opposed to necessarily schematic changes. North Carolina, second half, collapse, right? They were good early, yeah. right? Um BYU second half bad. They were good early to get up twenty-five to six. Uh, Stanford no adjustments and just they did the same stuff all night. They just went to power or shovel whenever they needed a play. UNLV great early and then UNLV scores on them a bunch late. Uh, who who was next after UNLV? Syracuse mm-hmm. again. Pick six uh, to start. Yeah, I mean, so again, <laughs> yeah. good start. I don't know if there was adjustments that were made. The quarterback's yeah. running all over you in the second half. Uh, Clemson, great from start to finish. I mean, you know, I don't know if I'd say there was like adjustments that were made then. Navy, no adjustments in the second half. Like you you had no answers for what Navy was doing. And the players are looking around like, what, what the heck are we supposed to do? No adjustments. Yeah. And then Boston College, I mean, a snowstorm hit in the second half. But you were great from the beginning. Like, so I can't tell you a game where maybe they didn't get off to a good start, made some adjustments, and then came out and played better. And we've seen that a couple times from the offense, I think. But defensively, like, that's a concern. Like, that's a concern for me that this was another example of 
Sean, they never forced USC to go away from what USC was trying to do, no. which it, it, no, they never. I, 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 I they get never you're missing did. Bracy and, and Cam Hart, Sean, but like you weren't missing anybody up front. No, and it goes back to what you said. Week to week, your biggest question about Al Golden was schematically week to week and schematically first half and second half. Are you going to be able to make adjustments? Like you, you talked about that at the beginning of the season, and it's still right here in front of us and evident that might not be a strong suit, right? So now moving forward, is it something that is he the type of defensive coordinator? that needs all of his pieces and needs everything to be working to be able to go ahead and do things a little bit differently. I think there are times in the second, I think he adjusted to North Carolina and what they did early on the first two drives. And then North Carolina kind of scored late some blown assignments, but I think for the most part in the middle of that game, I thought they effectively shut down Drake may in that offense. But to go yeah, to go back to what you said, I can't think of any other game where I could see a noticeable adjustment from them. Preparation-wise, this is that's what's disappointing to me. I felt like preparation for Ohio State, solid. I felt like preparation for North Carolina, solid. I felt like preparation for Syracuse, solid, right? I don't know what, and maybe he overreacted to the injuries, or maybe they as a staff overreacted to the injuries, but I don't know what they were trying to do. Like, there is no way I would have come up with a three-man front as a way to attack Caleb Williams, unless it was like third and 20 or something like that, but not to start the game. Well, Sean, the worst part is that you reverted to bad habits tonight of what you have been good at the last few games defensively, right? Like the linebackers have been playing better. Tackling in space had not been an issue. I mean, tackling in space was a huge issue tonight, man. Like it was awful. I mean, Vince, how many times we talk about it on the, on the live show? It's just like, I mean, we're not just picking on Jade Mickey because this was across the board. I mean, Brandon Joseph, like set first uh, JD Bertrand, like everyone, second and third level, we're just missing so many tackles in space, and that hasn't been an issue for Notre Dame. And I know you're playing against some great athletes, but recently that has not been an issue, and tonight it became an issue again, which was maddening. Vince, you said it during the show. That's the one area where they missed Cam Hart the most. We can hear you, Vince. I just – I was interjecting real quick. Oh, I'm like, I want to kick it. I want to kick it to you. My bad. You said it during the show. That's the one area where they missed Cam Hart. Yes. But to Ryan's point, it wasn't just Jaden Mickey that right. was the problem. I mean, right. you were missing – it wasn't Jaden Mickey that had chances for three-yard tackles for loss on second and six that turned into three-yard gains, right? I mean, it wasn't Jaden Mickey that wasn't bringing Caleb Williams down in the backfield. It wasn't Jaden Mickey that, you know, was was losing contain in different situations. Like, you can't put all that on Jaden Mickey. Yep. And that was the problem, you, you know, so that that's that's the, the issue for me. Yeah. The poor tackling was across the board. I mean, we we talked ad nauseum about the linebackers and how poorly they played, not only from a read and react standpoint, but from a execution of tackling standpoint. Bad, yeah. really, really bad. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I'm really not looking forward to watching this game again tomorrow because yeah. I don't think it's going to get any better no. uh, when I watch yeah. it again. I, they, the second level was very, very poor. The, the secondary, from a pass defense standpoint, I thought played fine. The problem was they weren't really tested a whole lot. Um, you, you know, you there were coverage sacks, so that you got to give that up to the secondary. There were issues where the secondary had to had to guard for ten seconds. That's just not going to happen. I mean, that's impossible, right? So I don't really put a, the, the pass defense. I thought was fine, right? It was the tackling in space, which has been good for the last few weeks. Was not good tonight, and that's across the board. And we talked at we talked a bunch about. The front having to contain Williams as far as when you get your hands on him, you have to bring him down. That did not happen enough. Happened a couple times. Not nearly enough. Did not happen enough. They had eight tackles for loss. Not enough. Too many times he was making plays outside the pocket. We knew that was going to happen at some point. It happened too much. Happened too much. But, Sean, wouldn't you say, and again, if I'm putting words in your mouth, you're more than welcome to disagree with me. But wouldn't you say that that's part of the reason why that 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 you weren't allowing your defensive line to to maybe do more in this game was a bad decision because the couple times they did ask Caleb Williams to drop back and look for deep shots he didn't have time to throw the football no what happened is is you were allowing them to get the ball out quickly and you were allowing them to run the football and that to me you USC's line played well tonight. Not great. They played well. I thought the the thing to me was the linebackers. It was more so the linebackers played poorly more often than not. And they had numbers or leverage advantages that they weren't able to negate. I thought the, I thought that was a big thing too, is I thought that the inability to get off blocks on both front and first and second levels was, that was my one issue with the D line tonight. There was too many times they just didn't – their block destruction wasn't ideal, but it was a much bigger issue on the second level to me. Yeah. It's like they were just stunting with no purpose. Like what was the one run, Ryan – or no, Sean, did you see it? We talked about in the show where like he pulls the ball and he's running. I think it was the fourth and two, and and the linebackers is crashing and, and he has no concept that Caleb Williams is running past. pulled the ball, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like – Oh, was, that, was that the one where Riley smashed the the mesh, but then he popped out, and it was like Maris was in coverage or something? Mar- it was no, it was that. That was earlier. This oh, yeah. one was later. That's another example, yeah. though, Ryan. We're just. Yeah. It looked like the linebackers just weren't sure of what they were doing all night long. Right. You know, Mar- Maris is dropping underneath the curl route at the seven yard line, six yard line, when they're clearly running the ball away from them. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah, that was bad. Well, how, how about bad. how about that? Uh, it looked like Power Reed, where there's that sweep for the wide open touchdown, and there yeah. was nobody. There was no nobody. Alley. The, there was nothing. They had there. two walk in touchdowns inside the ten yeah. yard line. That's that's not okay. Well, that's that was okay. once again an overreaction to, which I think it was something that Lincoln Riley saw. Um, if we do this, they'll do this. Mm-hmm. He definitely schemed it up. Because Jaden Mickey was the only one over there. Yeah. And once the receiver cleared, you know, because all the linebackers had lined up with the two tight ends that were to the left of the formation. They just yeah. overshifted. They overreacted to the formation. And, you know, as soon as Caleb Williams handed it off, he threw his hands up. Like he knew. 
Yeah. Touchdown. He was running with the running back into the end zone. So it's it's one of those things where uh, the game plan was probably not the best. And I think overreaction is probably the best word. I think defensively they overreacted to their injuries. They overreacted to certain things that USC wanted to do. This is why, and Brian, we talked about this. This is why I love coaches like Kirby Smart defensively. Because when he faces offenses that are explosive, he chooses the way he's going to die. Mm -hmm. That's why Alabama banged them the way they did in the SEC championship game, because he made a choice. And in making a choice, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. I would much rather have seen Notre Dame just be aggressive, come after Caleb Williams, bump and run, and shut the run down with safeties in the box. But they decided to go in a different direction. So it's kind of like what Navy did with Notre Dame. They said, you're not about to sit up and just run the ball down our throat. Right. What would you guys think of that? They got aggressive. They doubled down in the second half. Speaking of that, Sean, so offense. Man, I think Notre Dame has the opportunity to move forward, get better. So I think we lost Sean there. Um, <laughs> That's why he couldn't I want to ask you guys. He couldn't hear me. I think he was yeah. freezing up. I, what did you guys think? I thought offensively, I thought that Tommy Reese – uh, there's a couple things I think they could have done early. I, I didn't like. I didn't like the 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 first couple series of run game. I didn't. I didn't love that. I thought that they, you know, the jet sweep. We've talked about that. But I thought he did a good job of not beating his head into the table of force trying to force yeah. the run without what yeah. you know what I mean. Like by third series, it's like okay, they're going to load the box. Let's find some things to do. You know, you got Mayer outside on a couple plays. You're throwing the ball down the field. You're taking your shots down the. I mean, stuff that we've been begging them to do all year. He did so like. I, I didn't think that I thought USC holding them to 90 rushing yards on 26 carries. I didn't love that. But at the same time, I also kind of felt like that Notre Dame did what you want them to do when a team's overplaying the run game, get the backs out of the backfield. I mean, there's a couple things I would like to see a little bit more, but like take your, take your shots down the field, get your running backs involved in the run game. And don't just mercilessly beat your head into the table, trying to run the ball. When the other team said, we're not going to let you run the ball. We're going to make you beat us with Drew Pine. And ultimately at the end of the day, that, that Drew Pine played his butt off. I mean, I'm, 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 I, my heart hurts for the kid. Cause this was such a great opportunity for him to kind of silence a lot of people, but you, you know, I can't focus on 23 of 26 for 318 yards and three touchdowns because I just can't get past the, the two turnovers. Because at Notre Dame, it's about winning. It's not about great story. It's not about try hard kid. It's about winning. Yep. And those two turnovers were brutal. I mean, you just, I hurt for the kid because he's a great kid. He comes from a great family, but you can't make those mistakes. Be one thing if USC just brought a pressure and got in his face and, you know, made him make a mistake. They were unforced errors. He had Deion Colsey wide open for that whole shot on the interception. Like, yep. I mean, it's guys, it's, it's draw. It went exactly how it's drawn up. They bit on mayor, the safety's bailing. You got Dion there. And if Dion catches that ball and makes one guy miss, Touch you him. know what I mean? Like, you know, so at the end of the day, I was, I actually, a lot of people complained about the offensive game plan. I thought after the first two series, 
again, I didn't like the two play calls. I didn't like the jet sweep. I didn't like the tight end sweep. I hated those play calls. Terrible. But other than that, I thought they quickly got a a read on what USC was trying to do, and they said, we're not just going to keep trying to beat our head into the table. We're going to do something with it. And the reality is, fellas, the Notre Dame offense only had the football, what, three times in the first half? Three times in the first – four times in the first half, right? You know, so actually, they had the first series, second. They had fourth and one the third time they scored. But the last time they ran two plays. Remember? Yeah. So really had three times. Right. And, you know, you you settled in pretty good, and then you come out in the second half, and you go right down the field. Yep. You know, I mean, you you have the little corner route to Mayer, which, again, you know what they're going to – they're blitzing you. Then he throws a deep out to Mayer. They get down to third and four. They run an inside zone to Audric, who goes for nine yards, and you're in you're you're, I mean, you're in field goal territory at that point. Time. You're on the twenty something, right? And, I mean, that's and what you they fumble. Were on. Yeah. yeah, you fumble. You know, you come out your next series and you go down and score. I mean, you go yeah. and, and there was a lot of time left. It was still a third quarter. Right. Then you're you know then USC goes down and score, and then you come right back down, and it's 31-21. You know, you get another score to make it thirty-one twenty-one, and then the t- the pick happens. Yeah, and there was still a decent amount of time. I mean, if you make that throw to Colsey, if you make that throw to Colsey, you're you're at about the thirty-five yard line. I want to say at but, least. But if he makes at one least. man miss, one man one safety yeah. miss, that's a different conversation, right? So, but he, yeah. here's the here's the problem that I had, and why I'm going to keep coming back to the defense because. It's a team game. You can't yep. have those turnovers. But it's not like he fumbled at his own 15. Bingo. Agreed. Right? Agreed. And and you had your chances to make stops, and you didn't make it. And, and, and I felt like a defense that had been playing so aggressive and so physical in recent games was playing on its heels. Mm-hmm. And and I know that, like, they were blitzing a lot. But, again, that's I'm, I'm, I'm using this sort of rhetorically, not literally. Like they just, they, it's like they weren't doing what got you here. And it looked a lot like Ryan, it looked a lot like what we saw in September. That's the thing that bothers me. It's like what we saw today was just reminiscent of the Marshall game, just undisciplined run game, turning guys loose on third downs, you know, like stuff that we hadn't seen in a while comes back. And I can't help but think about how that ties into the fact that your game plan went so much away from what got you here the last month and a half well it was the most troubling part of the whole conversation is is again i i I mentioned it before but you reverted back to bad habits Uh, you know like the first few couple games of the season i'm i'm looking at it i'm like okay i don't think it's an excuse but you have a new defensive coordinator coming in where okay he needs to get his system in place he needs his guys to play his system a particular way cool it's fine but then you get things ironed out and during the last stretch, the last four or five games or so, your linebackers are playing well, your cornerback duo is playing well, your defensive line's playing more consistent football, you've developed better habits. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what it was, because this because this is what people are going to say, right, Brian? They're going to be like, well, you know, you, 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 you don't see guys like Jordan Addison and Taj Washington and whatever, blah, 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 Caleb Williams every week. And I push back and I say, well, you saw Josh Downs, though. You saw and Antoine Greens. I mean, yeah. North Carolina is not lacking for playmakers. Ohio State's exactly. not lacking for playmakers. They, yeah. BC, BC has talent at the skill positions. They're just line yeah. sucks. 
I mean, exactly. We talked about like, that before the game. You have seen athleticism all up and down this schedule. You've seen it. You saw Jackson Smith and Jake before he got knocked out. You've seen a Mechek Buka. You've seen Marvin Harrison Jr. You've seen the running back duo that Ohio State had early in the season. You've seen Josh Downs. You've seen Zay Flowers. You've seen Sean Tucker. You have seen a lot of really good talent, next level NFL talent. This is not the first week that this has happened. And the fact that it reverted back this week for some reason, I don't know if the team was just not comfortable in the game plan. I don't know if they were starstruck. Like, I don't know what the issue was. I don't know what it is. But whatever, for whatever, whatever reason it was today, they made the speed that USC has offensively look faster than any other speed that we've seen all season. Like, these guys look like they were running at a different pace comparative to guys like Josh Downs, Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Ibuka. I don't, I can't quantify it, but that's what I saw tonight. They, they look like defensively, you look like you were running in mud at times against the speed that USC has. And I can't look at that and say it's because you're not fast because I've seen you play better football against fast right. guys this season. Like this is not the first time this month. Yeah, that's what you get when you try to ask your team to do something that they have been doing. Right. That's what you get. Yeah. They haven't been doing this. And all of a sudden we're coming out. We're not being aggressive. We're not playing to our strengths. Right. Like I don't I don't mind the call. I didn't like the Mitchell Evans call yeah. at all. And they were so gonna fact, be ready for that, John. They were so that, gonna be ready for that. They were gonna be ready for it. And once they took the measurement, they reviewed it and moved it back even further. You know, I felt like there should have been a discussion. Like, I know this is what we're talking about, but this is a little bit further back than we thought it was going to be. Kurt Herbstreit made mention of it. Yo, this is not a half yard. This is this is almost a full yard plus away from a first down. And you come out and it's like, man, the way USC deployed, did you? It was almost like an arrow front that they had. Was like they were waiting right. for that. They were like, "Oh yeah, here it is." You're a full yard away from the they first were down. Full yard yeah. away, and yeah. Mitchell Evans just leaves his feet. I don't know why he just jumps up in the air. That's not he the was- first time he's done that, Sean. There's twice he's been stopped on that, and the running backs had to come push him back the, past the first down marker. That's the other thing is that's not good self scouting either. No. Because that hasn't been this incredibly successful play. You've had no. to push him forward twice for first downs. And so, the, but the Jets, well, they tried to get Logan Diggs on the outside. I understand what they were trying to do, but I would much rather see you get that to a faster guy if that's what you're trying to do coming across. Like you're wasting Or, or if, if you're trying to get Lo- Logan Diggs to the outside, I'd rather him just be at running back and run Absolutely. an actual outside zone so you're working Absolutely. from depth and you not from no read. space, right? Absolutely. Give him some vision. You didn't give him any vision, which makes it even – second. Yeah. Sorry, Sean, but it was just frustrating. Man. Well, second half, they did that to the left. Yeah, They got him outside. He got the first down. He stretched out, eventually got the first down. So I'm right there with you, Ryan. I just don't understand why. They felt the need to come up. Look, man, at the end of the day, this game came down to two turnovers. Yeah. Two turnovers. And all the issues we're talking about, it came down to two turnovers being the difference in the game. Like, so everyone talking about the offense didn't do this, the defense didn't do that. 
you're playing a darn good football team with a really darn good player that was on tonight. Mm-hmm. He was on. And it was going to take a valiant effort to go in there and upset that team. And Notre Dame had the goods, even with two of their best three D, two of the three best DBs out. They had the goods to go in there and pull it off. But you can't turn the ball over in those mm-hmm. games. You can't make schematic mistakes in those games. Everything has to be complimentary. I'll tell you another thing USC did. They were like, we're not seeing their punt team. I mean, their punt block team. They're not even we're, we're not I even didn't even think team. about that. I no. said I said that to Vince during yeah. the show. Remember yeah, Brian, Brian and I talked field. about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put Caleb back there and we'll pooch punt. Yeah. All that. That was smart. All that great coaching. Yeah. They're like, Sean, they're like, we don't want to see that. Yeah. They're not yeah, going to allow is. you <laughs> yep. to change the direction of this game. That's a momentum. Yeah. Unit. It was literally a white flag. Just like, hey, that's a great point. I didn't even think about that. Was I stepped out when you guys talked about that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Ryan and I talked about it. That's a great point, guys. Lincoln Riley's like, no, I'm not even allowing Coach Mason to change this game. That's good coaching. I mean, that's that's another play. You got to tip your hat to Lincoln Riley or whoever on that staff came up with that. I mean, hey, what's one of the best parts of their team? Punt block. Yeah, let's not yeah. let them do that. You know, Sean, Sean, how many how many career punts did Caleb Williams have coming into this game? I would venture to say uh zero. Zero. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I would yeah. venture to say that's zero. That's a great point. Yeah. But it's like, look, point, that's guys. that's coaching, recognizing yeah. we are not about to allow that to make a difference because that is a huge thing for them. Take away and a team they, strength. That's, that's right. coaching. Take away yeah. a team strength. Yeah. And that is something that Notre Dame, in a sense, did not afford the same opportunity to their players, in a sense. Right. Right? By all means, like you said, Brian, heck yeah. Bring the safeties up. Come on. And look, I we talk about missed players. We can talk about Tariq and Camp. Man, I would have loved with those safeties up, I would have loved to see 15 on the field. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Please. No doubt. Yeah. I mean – Got another kid number zero that's pretty flipping fast, and it's well. He was open. He probably would have scored a touchdown if the ball wasn't on the throw. He made a great catch on that, by the way. He did. Did you see what happened, Sean? Like when Drew planted on his back foot, he he did the splits. Like the field must have been the ball as far as he did. I mean, if I'm being honest about it, that when we looked at that again, it was a great catch. Yeah, Yeah, but look, the wide receiver core showed me. The young guys showed me a lot tonight. Yep. They finished the year strong, Sean. I agree. They really I mean, did. That's they showed one, me a lot tonight. Yeah, that's one Posey, I'm excited about. Who fought through injury. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. look. And I'll frustration. This, and frustration because he wasn't absolutely. getting enough playing time. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And this goes back to, remember, we were talking, we did the show the day of the Blue and Gold game. And I was telling you, I was sitting right there in the conversation. I was ear hustling. Great seats you gave me, by the way, B. Appreciate that. But I was ear hustling on the conversation that Marcus Freeman was having with Deion Coase at the end of the first quarter. And he just kept telling him, like, yo, we need you. We're going to need you. And I think his injury going into the Ohio State game was pretty big. Heck, the Avery Davis injury. <laughs> like oh, this yeah. team, this team was supposed to look a lot different 
going into Ohio mm-hmm. State sure. than it did. And injuries are part of the game. But and then you lost one of your more dynamic athletes at quarterback after the second game of the year. A quarterback. And Jared Patterson wasn't healthy right. for the first three or four games. This look, this team fought through a lot while the head coach is trying to learn how to be a head coach and recognize and figure out who they are, what they need to do, how are they going to win in the short term and how they're going to build a foundation for the long term. All of that was taking place this year. And, of course, you have disappointing losses, disappointing times. Tonight's disappointing. Please don't think that we're sitting here giving this pass. This is disappointing. It was a winnable game. It was a flat-out winnable game. No doubt. It's a flat-out winnable game. The people talking about, like, oh, there's a huge talent difference. No. I don't know what game you were watching. There was a talent difference at one position. Correct. In my opinion. And then that one position was a huge talent difference. The other kid went 23 of 26 for 318 <laughs> yards and three touchdowns. Right. It really comes down to, in my opinion, guys, and we can see, keep saying the thing over and over again, and we won't do that to everybody tonight since we, we had a long show today, so we won't, we won't beat this stuff up, Sean, but it just comes down to it. You didn't. You didn't go. You didn't dance with what you know. What, what's the expression about? Uh, dance with the one you brought to the. Yeah, yeah, on defense yeah. they didn't do that. And yep. and to me, I, I'm sorry. I'm not saying I'm putting Jaden Mickey in cover one all game. I'm not. But I'm also not doing what they did tonight and and going away from what got there. And then there was the two turnovers in offense. I mean that right there, guys. Just because maybe and here's the thing. Because here's the deal. If you just make one more stop on defense, right? Just one more time. Like how many third downs did you USC had 12 third downs today, guys? 12 third downs. And they converted eight of them. They also converted a fourth down in the game. Right. Like so that's really like nine. Nine of 13 on third and fourth down. Right. Here, here's my thing. If you can just be better there. And a lot of it was like, I mean, Vince was going crazy in the game chat. Like, it's third and six, and you're giving him easy pitch and catch hitches. You know, like your your lack of discipline on the edge with your with your linebackers, things like that. I mean, in, in a lot of ways, for all the frustrations, you're in a situation tonight where I, I, I guess I just don't understand kind of why you did that because it, you, you make – if you would have stuck with what got you there, maybe you make one more stop. That's it. One more stop. Mm-hmm. But if you can do one more stop and just eliminate one of the two turnovers, it's a different ball game. Absolutely. It's a different ball game. Yep. yep. Because the the one, if you if you eliminate the one turnover early and make one more stop on defense, Drew's not in that panic situation exactly. in late in the fourth quarter that leads to the second interception. I and I agree. Let me I just want to add on turnover. That. Yeah, I want to add on to that because Again, Drew turned the ball over. That that fumble was it was inexcusable. I'm not I'm not in any way excusing it. It was inexcusable. You cannot fumble there. But then the defense allowed them to go 74 yards. Yep. 74 yards Quickly. after that. Right? Quickly. Seven plays, 74 yards. Like you well, got to play when, complimentary football. That's when we saw that drive after the fumble is when we saw Lincoln Riley switch gears. Right. He came out and said, look. We're running the ball in the second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was almost like Notre Dame was totally yep. unprepared that that might even happen. Like there yep. was no no plan for when they make this switch because we're going to force them to run the ball. And when they do that, this is what we're going to. There was nothing. There was absolutely nothing. And Austin Jones right. got, got going. He's a 
bruising back. Like he's going to run through arm tackles. They made him look way better than he is. If if Notre Dame gets a stop there, if they get a stop, right? I'm not saying a three and out. Hold him to a field goal. Hold him to a field goal. The offense is still rolling. Like the offense is still feeling themselves. You know what I mean? Like they're still doing good things. They're moving the football because, and I say that because the next time they got the ball, the offense, five plays, 75 yards, touchdown. Next time they got the ball, seven plays, 75 yards, touchdown. So like the offense was moving the football. Right? right, you get one stop defensively. One stop. I agree with you, Brian. Drew isn't trying to press with four minutes to go in the game. Right, he's not trying to press. He's not probably going to throw that. I think he, I think he put a little too much, too much pressure on himself there when he got outside the pocket. He, he was watching thirteen play a little bit too much, to be honest with you. And he's like, I need to do that too. But that's well, not who Drew is. Well, and that's another thing that playing a kid like Caleb Williams can do to you. It's just yeah. mentally he can make yes. you – because, like, again, Caleb Williams made some money. Play. It was kind of like he was a better version of C.J. Stroud in that he had some misses and and they did have some stops and some sacks. He didn't, he didn't have a vintage Caleb Williams game tonight statistically. Sure. But what – the reason he had a Heisman moment for me is is because he was playing a good defense – and he did have to work for his some his plays at times. That's what was so frustrating about the easy hitches they were giving up. Like, right, right. Like, let your pass rush be it. And if you're not good enough to beat him that way, then you tip your cap to him and you say, "You guys got us today." Right. But well, to lose because you didn't yeah. you didn't do what got you there to me that was the frustration, Sean. That's what that's what really got me. And you know, those are just the things that you just can't you can't do. Right, you and just I, can't do the the Jaden Mickey plan absolutely befuddles me to be perfectly honest with you because when he's at his best he's manned up and talking trash and being that guy right and they continuously had him line up at 12 yards and he was bailing immediately even on like third and five which is incredibly frustrating just let could it have been worse that put him in some tough yeah open field tackling situations yes Yes, because now he's able to square him up And that's tough, right? Because you can't really break down and there's some different elements to that that make it difficult. I'm not excusing his tackling, okay? But you're not putting him in a position to be successful. Put him up. Go face-to-face with these guys, man. Give it. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? They're going to catch a first down? They're doing that anyway when you're bailing immediately. Let him go face-to-face with those guys. Let him get physical. Let him be himself. That That's one of the problems I have with the way that they played him today. Now, I'm not doing that every play, okay? I want to be clear on that. I'm not doing that every play. They started two true freshmen at corner, okay? You're going to take your lumps, right? And yeah. so you play them up, you play them back, you mix it up. They're Vince, I think, 10 yards off. am I hearing you correctly? Like, look, I, I look for me, I don't want to necessarily put him in a position to say, hey, go play cover one against Jordan Addison all game. Have fun, buddy. Good luck. Right. But I think your point is, but you can't also put him in a position where you're asking him, right? I'll, this is my defensive guy right here, right? Like, you know, Vince, you're my OC. Ryan's my DC. You got a young kid you're putting into a tough spot. I I feel, Ryan, you tell me if you disagree. I feel like you compounded the tough spot you put him in by then not letting him play his game. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I felt. Mm-hmm. Like, well, he's a Jane Mickey's a kid that wants to play in tight spaces, tight spaces physically. And he's also the quick twitch dude where. You know, inside, outside, you know, working in the nickel a little bit. But he want, you want him to be close to a wide receiver because that's what he does best, getting nice. in the grill, 
being physical, talking trash, like Vince said. Like he wants to trigger and get downhill. He doesn't want to play in a bunch of space, bitch. You're so wild, man. No, I'm sorry. No, for a second there, I thought Vince was telling me when Mike was muted. Oh, no. <laughs> no, that's me talking trash. Like I can hear Ryan. Like I did. I knew, I'm I knew sorry. Vince was doing. I knew Vince was I'm sorry, Ryan. Please continue. I just I no, just no. I, I mean, that, that's really the whole point. Is that and Vince already talked about it, right? If you have him playing so far off and you have him bailing out, then you're you're putting him in a situation even as a tackler, which is not comfortable to him, right? Like that's not how he wins. That's not Jade right. Mickey's game. Yes. Jade Mickey is w- what his best attributes, aside from the competitiveness is that he's a quick twitch kid, right? Like you need to be in tight spaces. You need to be in tight quarters Mm -hmm. to make a ton of plays. And when you're not asking him to do that, I don't need him to be impressed man every play, right? But I want need him to be at six yards and be able to trigger downhill instead of paying the 10 to 12. Like that's just – you put a kid in a tough position Mm -hmm. and you acted like he was Cam Hart to me. And you have to know, as a defense coordinator, that kid's not Cam Hart, right? He's not six, two and a half – 32-inch arms. This is our 5'11 freshman corner that needs some confidence. Put him in – you know how you, you exude confidence for a player? You ask him to do things that he's comfortable with doing, and you didn't ask him to do that tonight. That was a right. – yeah, it was it was a shame. Because I feel like a lot of people – and I get it. Jane Mickey has struggled at points, right? He has. Yeah. No doubt. But also, you can't look at the game plan, though, for him tonight and say he just wasn't good enough. Well, no – no, he made some bad plays, but he was also put in a terrible position to yeah. make plays. Like, that's just the point. And blank. if you're going to put him in that position, then put someone else in there that's better at that. Put Chance Tucker in the game. Put Clarence oh. Lewis outside there right. in that spot. Because Clarence is a decent outside, you know, you know sure. perimeter tackling. I mean, that's the thing is, if you're going to put the kid in there, yes, he's had issues this year, but his issues have come from over-aggressiveness. Right, like you know, biting on double moves and things like that. Like you do you gotta let him play what he's comfortable with. Because again, the issue that people have to understand is when you do this, you're compounding the issue that he has to begin with by now saying, We're not only gonna put you in a tough spot because we're out with Cam Hart and we don't have Tariq Bracey, but now we're gonna ask you to do things that you're not that we didn't recruit you to do. And that's not what they spend. Here's the other problem. That's not how they spend most of their time coaching corners. Mike Mickens doesn't spend a whole lot of time coaching his corners on how to play off coverage like that. Right. So now you're going against what you've been teaching these kids to do all year. Yep. And so those are just some of the issues that I had. It's it's just you've got to know your personnel. You got to know your people. And 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 I'm a big believer that I'm gonna I'm gonna ride or die with that. And and if right. it means if 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 Caleb if Caleb Williams is beating me because he's just dropping a bunch of forty yard dimes, dimes. then bruh, you're, yeah. you're the dude. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then there's things I would maybe do with my single high safety to help Jaden a little bit. You know, because like USC went at Benjamin Morrison like what once? I, I was that's one thing I was surprised by. I really thought like they're not going to be afraid of Benjamin Morrison. They, no, they were, I, I mean, think, I think the news is getting around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when but, you see someone respected like Lincoln Riley say, hey. Yeah. That led, well, he, that had five, he had five interceptions the previous three games, so yeah, probably good. So, and that's the film you're watching. But they got so. dudes, though, right? We said that we all said before the game yeah. that yeah. they're not going to be afraid of throwing at Benjamin Morrison. And But we also said during the pregame, Ryan, when we were talking before the game started, that now the Cam Hart's out, it might actually lead them to maybe avoiding him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yep. once you see that as a coach, 
okay, let's let Jaden get a little bit more aggressive. And here's what we'll do. We'll help him out over top. Right. So take away the RPOs, take away the quick swings and things like that. Yep. And then, and then help them out over top. And because you do have number 20 on the other side, locking people down. So there's right. just, was a lot of stuff like that, that I, that was frustrated by. For sure. Uh, you know, and but I, it, this is, this, go ahead. Ben. I was just going to say, I, I, I know this is going to be way too big picture, but this was the prime example of how an elite quarterback can take you places. Sure. Because, USC is not an overly elite roster. No. It's just not. And anybody that said, oh, they're just a better team, that is not the case. They had an elite quarterback who's going to win the Heisman Trophy. He's going to win all the quarterback awards, right? It'll probably be the first pick in the draft next year. Yeah. I mean, he he's elite. I mean, let's be honest. We watched an elite performance sure. in the, not statistically, but he put this Impact. team on his shoulders. Battled yeah. his butt off, yeah. too, guys. Like no he, they, they, it, Sean, you talk, they, Vince, they smacked him a lot. Yes, they did. And he yes, just got did. up just doing this. Right. I mean, and, I, and, and, you know, again, hats off to that performance. Right. But that is, in a nutshell, we all witnessed it. Everybody in the chat, the four of us, we all witnessed what having an elite quarterback can do for your sure. team. It elevates everybody. Yeah. It just everybody. Does. Right. Everybody. Right, and 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 you can't really complain too much about Notre Dame not having all. Oh, they were missing it. Hey, look, they ran their backup running back ran for 154 yards today, fellas. Yep. Like so, you know, <laughs> USC was banged up. USC had guys out. I mean, yeah. they they weren't full speed either. It's just like you said. I thought yeah. they trusted their dudes. That's the difference. Lincoln yeah. Riley on offense trusted his guys. Alex Grinch on defense trusted his guys and said, yeah. "We're going to make you. We're going to make you beat us doing something different." Well, and and when you're on defense and you know you've got 13 on the other side that's probably going to score, sure, you can take more chances and you play with a different kind of aggression. And you just do. You know what I mean? I, Ryan, you played defense your whole life, right? If you know you got a dude playing quarterback, you're going to take a couple chances because you know that he's going to score for you, right. right? I mean, it just yeah. it it changes your mentality. Just does. You, you can you can take risks. You can gamble a little bit to your point. Right. Yep. No right. doubt. Yeah. Somebody just said it. So maybe Brian Kelly should have tried to recruit him a little bit. <laughs> yes. Anything about that? I wish Sean was here for that one because that was something that was discussed on. Uh, uh, and there he's he is. Back. He's back. Hey, Sean. Uh, I had my uh, my takeaway here. My final takeaway here before I uh, we moved to the super chats. But uh, maybe Brian Kelly should have spent maybe five minutes trying to recruit Caleb Williams a little bit. Just saying. I will say this before we get to the super chats, man. I, <laughs> you know, I, I read the chat as we do the show. Look, man. I'm going to go, I'm going to stand on this Jay Mickey Hill for a minute. And if I have to be by myself, I'll be by myself. You're not. <laughs> Y'all you got your boys. Go. I mean, I'm real, real talk. Fan base needs to relax. All these jokes about how he's played this year. First of all, he was asked to play inside, which is not his position. While being asked to play inside, he was put in terrible positions by the defensive coordinator with a terrible double blitz. You're talking about against Ohio State? Against Ohio State. He's not an interior guy. That's a special position that Tariq Bracey had to learn how to play and become good at. Every young defensive back struggles. Benjamin Morrison is an anomaly. He's not the norm. 
Right. He's also playing one spot outside. He's one spot that he's been playing all year. With the boundary moved, helping him. Right. He didn't get moved to the inside. The kid that was making plays all spring at one spot being aggressive was asked to move inside to accommodate others. He did it. No complaints. So maybe if you really knew how hard that is at that position, you would kind of have some empathy towards his struggles and understand as a freshman, this is what he's going through. And then you come out tonight and they don't do you any favors. They ask you to play not your game. Here, don't play your game. We want you to play like you're Cam Hart. Or play like you're this other person. We're going to put you out there on an island to the field and ask you to be 10, 15 yards off the ball at the snap. Go ahead. Try it. So all this stuff about how he's played this year, he struggled. Yeah, he struggled because he's doing. he's been asked to do things that's not his strength. I've rarely seen him, Jaden Mickey, be asked to do something that is what he's good at, as right. Ryan pointed out this year. But like he, he, here's the thing: he hasn't been good this year. No, I, I get that. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. This isn't a pushback on you, Sean. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been good this year. But my whole thing is when a kid, when when you're when you're when you're going to make the decision to put a kid like that in the game, then you also can't then say, well, he struggled with this, 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 and this. Because to your point, Sean, some of his bigger struggles have been from playing the slot. He wasn't playing the slot today. No, you recruited this kid to play a certain way, right? And and you know you you're when you're going to put him in the game, then then you know, look sink or swim with doing what he does best. Oh, yes. I'm disgusted when you lose a game where, yes, you lost because you didn't execute, but you also didn't put your guys in position to do what they do best. You know, and uh, it's kind of like the Syracuse game when Benjamin Morrison gave up the touchdown. Yeah, let him be him. Right. Why is he playing ten and they, yards? And, and Mick owned that, right? Yes. I mean, he owned that. Yes. But you know, tonight I just felt like Al Al Golden kind of had this thing of this is what we're going to kind of do. Yeah. And schematically, it made sense to him, without really thinking about, am I putting a kid in, on the field that can do what I'm asking him to do? And if I can't, a find someone else, put Chance Tucker out there, right? Chance Tucker, I that, you know was a pretty solid tackle in high school. You know what I mean? Or, or put Ryan Barnes out there. He's a pretty good tackler. I don't, I don't know if he's hurt or not. You know, I mean, do something different. And if you're going to put the kid out there, then let him play his game. And if, and if it's not good enough, it's not good enough, right? And that's the thing that's frustrating about it. So, guys, that's going to do it for this part of our show. We're going to have a mailbag coming up. But before we do, we're not mailbag. We're going to answer the super chats, and we appreciate y'all being with us. It's late. We appreciate y'all being with us. Uh, but before you before you we get there, I want y'all to do me a favor and hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, uh, hit the notification bell, and uh, subscribe to our podcast on the CFB Nation podcast, um, and uh, sign up for the message board at boards.irishbreakdown.com.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.